Hello, I'm Maz. I'm back for season two of Untick the Box. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, today, we've actually got a guest um, called Finn Fretwell, who I've been friends with since I was about, I want to say like eight years old. Um, but we don't really have the chance to catch up all the time. And he is an incredible hand poke tattoo artist. Um, he's built his business up from the ground up. And he has over 10,000 followers on Instagram of a really engaged audience. He's got people traveling from all across the UK to go and get a hand poke tattoo from him in Leeds. He's an incredible creative and so inspiring. And I'm just so excited for you to hear this episode. Hello, Finn. Thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good to be here. Nice. Um, well, I feel like we could just get into it because I feel like we've got a lot to cover and um, people won't know this, but Finn and I have actually been friends since, how long have we been friends? Like, oh, we were like 10, 10. 11 maybe. Yeah, so yeah, a long, long, long time. time. Um, so there's a lot to cover. Um, but yeah, if we just start with, I feel like I want to learn a lot about you. This. Yeah, I was writing it and like prepping, and I was like, "Wow, there's actually a lot that I feel like I don't really talk about." Yeah, we haven't seen each other in so long. Yeah, so. um, but yeah, so your younger self, like, where did you grow up, and how did that impact your life today, um, as you see it? Yeah, so I grew up in Cambridge. Uh, sort of moved around quite a lot. Uh, I had a, it was just me and my mum mostly. Um, she she was a single mum. My dad's in the picture, but. It was always me and my mum, and I'm an only child. Um, a brother came along later, but um, mostly it was just me and my mum uh, moving around quite a bit. And um, yeah, like we we slowly moved out <laughs> further away from the middle of Cambridge because it's so expensive. Um, but yeah, I I I had a good childhood. I I enjoyed everything about it. Um, I had a lot of good friends, and Cambridge is all right. It was an all right place to grow up. I feel mm. very lucky. Um, I'm definitely very privileged. Um, it was very white and very rich, I think. Mm. Um, but my mum grew up a lot poorer, um, so she kind of made sure that she sort of could give me everything mm. that she could because she, you know, she didn't have that for herself. Um, and I didn't, I didn't sort of know that at the time. When you're younger, you don't realise. But mm. as I've gotten older, um, I realised just how much she kind of did for me. Uh, how like a lot was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I've moved away from Cambridge now, but I, I still like it. I'll come back. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's, it's I feel like because obviously I'm from Cambridge as well. It'll always be home. But yeah, I feel like you do outgrow it, especially yeah. when like you said it's really like I don't know it's it's different growing up around a load of rich white people yeah um who like arguably have very narrow-minded views some of the time definitely um I feel like it's a lot more progressive now like yeah but sure I I definitely was quite close-minded I think Mm. like I definitely kind of I've had to, I, I've educated myself and still am, and same with my mum, like, I feel like she would say some things and I have to kind of call her out for it, but it's just, mm. it's just the sort it's, of yeah. the area, and, but I yeah. definitely think moving out and kind of 
actively educating yourself has been important. Yeah, I think a lot of people at our age have done that. Um, so can you tell us a bit about your like leaving school period and what did you want to do as a career then um, and how did you set about achieving it? So you might have had like an idea of how your career might have looked like leaving school. But... Yeah, so I did my two years of sixth form, really didn't know what I wanted to do, wasn't ready for uni at all. I, I knew I wanted to go to uni because I really loved school um at the time but I wasn't quite ready and I'd always done art even though I really struggled through my A-level I kept at it because it was the one thing that I was good at and enjoyed and um so yeah instead of doing going straight to uni I did an art foundation in Cambridge which was perfect for me it was just a year I basically messed around for a year it was just experimenting figuring out stuff and I met a lot of new people and at that point I really wanted to go into video games um, particularly sort of indie titles because um, I've always loved video games and like animation, character design, all that kind of stuff always been drawn to that ever since I was a kid um, so yeah that's what I looked into and I actually even went to a game studio in London, I remember that was my first trip to London on my own, and I went to they're called Chucklefish Studios, and I met people there, and it was so lovely. And I was like, "This is what I want to do," um, and yeah, so I went to uni in Leeds eventually after the year, um, and <laughs> I studied what did I even study? Comic and concept art was the name of the course. Uh, it wasn't for me at all. Um, <laughs> I I think I just realised that I was done with education and I just didn't suit the uni lifestyle at all. Mm. Um, so I dropped out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm. Um, so like, was that always what you wanted to do? I, I feel like you always knew you wanted to do something like kind of creative you've always been a creative person yeah like, I remember you with like your manga books and stuff yeah oh yeah I, <laughs> I was actually going through some old stuff and I found some of my weird like I'd draw from those how to draw manga books yeah like, oh, I remember that yeah, so many drawings and it was really interesting to see how my style changed actually yeah. but it was the it's only nice that you've kept all that yeah yeah um I think my mum wanted to throw most of it out <laughs> I managed to I managed Great. to yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I managed to sneak some of it um but yeah I think like as much trauma it's caused me with various teachers telling me that my work is yeah what they classic want. yeah um I've just kept at it like I think were I'm those just... teachers are um were they like through like A- A- yeah A-level. A-levels, it was yeah. mostly a level GCSE a little bit but at, the, at that time I don't think I'd kind of developed my style yet mm. so I didn't really know but once I'd hit a level I knew I wanted to go into games because I did a media um course and I loved it and it was all coursework based there was no exam and I absolutely loved it It was writing reviews for games it was uh making trailers it was looking mm. behind the scenes and I loved it but my RA level I just hated I just I, I couldn't do what I wanted to do because I remember, I always stick with me, my teacher told me my style was naive. I don't even really know what that means. I know, I know. Naive? Yeah, I think she just meant childish, essentially. 
which I think is really funny. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have the same story, like where someone's put them down or whatever. I feel like some art teachers, maybe they've got an idea of what exactly they want you to produce, which is yeah. their style. Yeah, and yeah. And they're trying to push that onto you. Well, that, yeah, exactly, because it's very much like realism um, or like um, sort of abstract, things yeah. like that. But it's art is such a difficult thing. You can't And what sort of stuff it. were you creating? Well, I wanted to do characters, and I do, I like any kind of character design, a big focus on animals. Like, I've always loved drawing animals. Mm. So, like, influences such as, like, Adventure Time, things like that. Just, like, really sort of simple, cartoony kind of looking things, which people always put down and say is childish, but mm. it annoys me so much because those styles, I think, take a lot more effort and creativity than just straight up copying. Yeah. Because you've got to create it. Yeah. But yeah, teachers just are pushing you to get that mark, which mm. I understand, but it was really difficult for me. Yeah. Yeah. So like on that, do you think your like unconventional maybe career goals have like made you feel differently in respect to your careers? Like was that pressure growing up, like feeling that you didn't really wanna you kind of in a way going against the grain like i mean now they're scrapping a levels and like making people oh, i didn't even know they're that. making people do um english and maths until they're 18 so it's kind of like I, when did this come in i had no idea this week oh yeah. well wow that yeah i mean i mean we, yeah we don't have enough time to go into the education yeah. system <laughs> um but i think i was maybe a bit i don't know unconventional is maybe the word I, when I don't know how to word this, uh, like I sort I sort of felt a bit out of place, like with my style. I think maybe just because I couldn't quite get it like other people did. People just seemed to be happy to just sort of I'll just draw however they're telling me to draw, but I really didn't want to. Mm. But what was weird was when I hit uni, I then again felt like a, like an outcast because everyone in the class was like super nerd like yes, <laughs> like super I, nerd <laughs> no but like so offensive no 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 no, no. <laughs> not in an offensive way like it's not a bad thing at all like i i think being a nerd like that's fine like yeah. i am but like i was always, like you know i was always the mm. nerdy one in our group but then I wouldn't say you were nerdy though I, I think you were just good at everything I was like, not good it, at everything yeah you were it would oh. always annoy me you were so good at everything maybe I don't know <laughs> I like, no I mean I just I yeah when I was the one that was sort of into like the comics and the games yeah, and stuff yeah. just a bit more than other people yeah. but I mean in our group because we yeah, were yeah. so accepting we were like you can do whatever oh, and I would absolutely. never judge you yeah, but yeah. other people in our school were not like that oh no no they were not like that's maybe where yeah i see where you're coming from like the, yeah that whatever nerdy means that yeah. maybe you were fat yeah people. definitely like <clears throat> but hitting uni like mm. there were people that were just so much more into it than i was and it sort of made me question whether i wanted to do it at all yeah because these people were like heavy in the fandoms like drawing fan art all this kind of stuff and i just like good for them like that is amazing the work that they would do but it's just I didn't have an attachment to something like that mm. um in the same ways and I just 
I felt a bit out of place, which is weird because that course was sort of the misfit course. Like that's what everyone called it. Mm. But then I felt like a misfit in that course. Oh. Um, so that was weird. Um, mm. But I guess it made you realize, it made me realize that I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you found right your own me. way. Yeah. So like, what would you tell that version of you if you could like navigating all of that? I just, I mean, just don't give it up because yeah. I, when I dropped out of uni, I did like stop drawing for like six months mm. maybe. And I was in a real bad place. And I just was like, I never want to do art again. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, it just sucks out of you, which a lot of creatives will say, like any kind of, like a lot of uni courses, like people just get so, you just, you get burnt out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just tell myself just, keep going with it like just don't force yourself to be in one box because with art you can really take it wherever Mm. I think which is how I've ended up where I've ended up yeah if that makes sense yeah no that makes complete sense so how how do you think you navigate as a creative I think I have experience of it as experiences of it as well when you're trying to come up with an idea Mm. desperately Mm. and that can kind of that can blow up in your face Mm. like if you try really really hard to be creative or like if you're constantly going around in circles trying to like come up with different ideas that is like the worst way to do it Mm -hmm. like I have my best ideas like in the shower yeah yeah yeah, when I'm truly like not really thinking about anything yeah so like obviously it's a different medium but how would you do that in yeah coming with ideas is really difficult because in a way I am free to do what I want but at the same time, you kind of have to keep within trends. Mm. I mean, I'm just going to talk about this later with the uh, the cons, but yeah. social media is, as much as I love it, I hate mm. it so much because you really have to keep within a kind of like, it's all about, yeah, the trends. It's all about what people are looking for. Yeah. If you don't jump on it immediately just fizzle out exactly yeah Um, I I suppose it also you get swayed sometimes into stuff that you don't necessarily want to be doing absolutely but for like as you're like a business owner you're like this is clever for me to do it yeah it's really finding that balance of doing something because you know it's going to make the money and get the word out there and actually enjoying it um Mm. I've, I've managed to find that balance I think like I really will not do something I do not like because I just know it won't go well um, when I'm drawing it. Like, I have to be invested to an extent, otherwise I'm not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's actually talk about <laughs> your career now. Um, so tell us about your career, mm-hmm. what you do in detail, and where did it all start? Because I know you, obviously, we talked about you being a creative, but how mm-hmm. did you get into tattoo artistry specifically? Yeah, so I so once I dropped out, um, I had it in my head I was never going to do art again. I just I worked, um, I worked as a carer, so not a creative job at all. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I coming back to me. Yeah, yeah. I did that in the pandemic. Uh, I learned a lot. It's amazing. I mean, care work is you don't know until you die, really. Mm. Um, but I think I couldn't like stop myself creating. Like I, I have to do it and it's so cringy but like so cliche but it's like it is just in me to do it so as much as I was kind of like I don't want to do anymore I had to keep doing it um and 
basically it was introduced to me. So hand poking is like the traditional style of tattooing without using machine. And I was introduced to that during my art foundation. So before uni, mm. by a friend who I picked out and I was like, they are a queer person. They're very cool. Mm. I want to be their friend. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, we became friends. Um, and they, they would hand poke tattoos. It's my first introduction. Didn't really think anything of it. I was like, this is cool. They gave me my first hand poke tattoo. I love it. It sealed really well. And I went back for a couple more. And um, yeah, didn't really think anything of it. But during the time, it was actually during the pandemic, um, I picked up, like a lot of people were picking up uh, hobbies. Um, I had seen online that people were hand poking from home and had built quite a following from it, Mm -hmm. which really interest me because I was like well you know I could give it a go I I liked tattoos I had tattoos before like um I've been to various shops things like that and um yeah I I just sort of I bought all the kit and I asked my friend I was like what do I need they gave me an extensive list of all the things and yeah I just I picked it up and I was doing it from home and I practice on fruit and then <laughs> I because you can buy fake skin but yeah. it's really expensive yeah. so I just bought like a melon and an orange <laughs> um and it, I mean it helped um and yeah just started practicing on myself and it kind of just snowballed from there really mm. yeah um so what is one thing you wish you'd known before starting your career um how much social media is involved. I mean, we've talked about it already, but it's just that and it kind of coincides with not turning off. Like Mm, I I think about this job every single waking moment of my day. Like, and it's, I mean, people would see that as a negative, but I I hate the term workaholic, but honestly, like it applies to me so much because I do put my all into my work and I think I always will. As soon as I got a job, that I enjoyed mm-hmm. so like I mean I did retail as a kid whatever I didn't really care for that but as soon as I kind of stepped into the world of jobs and doing something that I actually thought wow I'm good at it and I enjoy it and I get money for it I realized that I enjoyed working and now I found something that I actually love to do and simultaneously get money from it it just it, yeah it just t- it does take over my life quite a bit um which I think is both a pro and a con Mm. i think i would just tell myself to uh i don't know i guess not panic as well because Mm. it's so up and down um i mean creative jobs when you're freelance tend to be you know you you get an influx of customers you Mm. get like dms after dms you get emails doing all these things and then suddenly it's nothing yeah is there like a particular time of year that it is popular yeah definitely i mean over summer it tends to really drop off people go on holiday uh, students yeah. go home uh because a lot of my uh followers and my clients are students, students. yeah oh, okay. um so when they go home go on holiday yeah mm. it drops off so summer can be a little bit quiet yeah and you're based in leeds yeah just outside of leeds yeah. um most of my well, it's changing. It used to be a lot of my clients were Leeds students, mm-hmm. um, but I'm slowly sort of venturing beyond that now, which is really nice. I get a lot of people traveling from oh. sort of like Manchester. I've had people come up from London, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, I've even had people like they're doing a tour of Europe and they've like 
around the UK and they've come to me. Yeah, oh, wow. it's, it's really cool. Um, That's so cool. It is amazing. Um, so tell us a bit more behind the thought process of starting Goat Hoax and why Why did you choose up north? Because I know that, you know, uni and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Why did you stay there specifically? Yeah, um, I mean, short answer is cheap. So mm. <laughs> long answer is... I don't know, I just, I, the art scene is really good mm. up north, uh, particularly in Leeds, actually, the, um, I didn't sort of realise this, but the tattoo scene is quite big, there are some big names, um, and I, I don't know, I, I, I love Leeds as soon as I step foot in it, and I just, I find, I, I'm just drawn to it, I find yeah. myself just most comfy there, and I've mm. sort of built a life for myself there, and I've got, you know, supportive people around me, so... It, it just, yeah, I just, I love it up there. And mm. I can't see myself moving anytime soon, really. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so what is it like to have a career like yours? So, like, making your own hours and, like, your work-life balance. Um, and, like, are there any good or bad things that you've had to consider? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I talked a bit about uh, the cons of sort of being constantly switched on. Yeah. Um, because no one's there telling me these are your hours clock in clock out kind of thing mm. um so that's definitely the difficult side of it but i think the best side of it is i can basically do what i want um take holidays whenever like it means the traveling is pretty easy for me i've got so i've still got family down in cambridge so mm. it means that i'm able to sort of take time whenever um which is really good um and you do like guest spots yeah really yeah well, yeah so i i arrange those by just contacting um either artists that i know that work at these studios or the studio itself Mm. um and yeah i tend to do sort of three days i've done um i've done manchester and sheffield they're they're close by and then i've done london once i've done uh newcastle Uh, i'm looking to do some others Um, do you think you'd expand outside the uk oh yeah definitely i'd see you in like berlin yeah yeah Yeah, i'd love to do like a european tour there's like paris yeah um Copenhagen, um, Amsterdam as well. Like mm. they're quite big uh, in tattooing, and I'd love to venture out. I think it'd be really good. I don't know how it works with traveling with needles on a plane. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd have to <laughs> look into that, but uh, I'd definitely like to. I think it'd be great. It's it, you know you sort of getting a free holiday while while you're working. So yeah. you can't complain. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but so like, who has been most influential in your career, and I guess your business? Um, if you've got a mentor that's had a really maybe not even a mentor like a therapist that's had a good impact on your life yeah i mean there's been so many people i mean obviously i've I mentioned my mum like that's yeah. such a mum's boy but yeah. <laughs> i mean we're just really close she's like my biggest supporter um but i haven't got a mentor per se uh, i didn't do like an apprenticeship or anything no. so i don't have one particular person but, but i guess that person that you said you met that like introduced you to yeah, yeah yeah definitely they were sort of like the starting off point um and now the studio i work in uh no worries tattoo club mm-hmm. <laughs> um the guys there like they are amazing they they didn't really know much about hand poking like they mm-hmm. were so fascinated by it which was a big sort of concern of mine that they wouldn't sort of get it yeah. or accept it at all but as soon as i sort of stepped in the studio had a chat with them like they're just great like I know they would help me out with anything, mm. um, and uh, yeah, they're just 
those guys are so helpful um and kind of online as well i think like the sort of mentoring from people i don't even really know like just seeing and uh, like getting encouraging words from them like it's really yeah amazing because they know what it's like yeah exactly like to hear from other hand pokers that kind of you know build it from the ground up so do you think that like community is important massively yeah absolutely i tattooing is word of mouth Mm. like i say this to my clients i'm like you know you have a bad experience tell people about it because you know there's so little kind of um what's the word i'm looking for my mind has gone blank what is the word i'm looking for just kind of like uh support no like um what's the word rules i guess is a word like there's no real kind of guidelines for tattooing Uh, right yeah like you know there are obviously hygiene laws people you know the council will check but it's not against the law to give someone a bad tattoo Mm. (laughs) like and you know making people feel uncomfortable i like that is a huge huge issue in the industry like i mean that is the tip of the iceberg there are some real issues and yeah massively because you know it's dominated by cis het white men and you know the stuff that i've heard is awful so i've just well like what kind of you said it's like the tip of the iceberg like what are the other oh like allegations and all this kind of stuff yeah yeah really horrendous stuff is that within your community or just you just know about i mean not within mine personally yeah because you wouldn't be in it no no absolutely (laughs) but i mean sort of i am in it yeah um just by proxy i guess Mm. um but yeah no that that's why i say you know like you hear anything you feel uncomfortable like you don't need to necessarily say it to that studio because that is not always possible like if you are a young femme person you're not gonna Mm. you're not gonna stand up to that and that is completely understandable but you know tell your friends tell other tattooists you know if you hear anything or see anything you know and then you know you're just gonna blacklist them essentially you know i know so many artists i mean i i don't know i can't remember who but i'm pretty sure someone was kicked out the entirety of sheffield because none of the studios would take him anymore because he just there were allegations i think they came out to be true and you know they were like we don't want you in any of the studios and it's good like that's what should that is what should be happening like anybody that is making anybody unsafe yeah there's no place wow um so yeah yeah. um (laughs) so just like a bit more on your identity i know it's like hugely important to you how does that affect your work yeah um i mean day to day it doesn't really but i mean i'm pretty open about it because people actively seek trans artists yeah because if they themselves are queer questioning whatever it may be you're just gonna feel more comfortable yeah like it's like anything it's like if you're a woman you might feel more comfortable with a female doctor Mm. whatever It's, it's the same kind of thing especially in an environment where you are exposed you are you know there is somebody that is holding a needle into your skin right it's, yeah. a, it's a very vulnerable position to be in so to find someone that is going to understand and be respectful it's so important I mean mm. I'm the same when I look for um artists to do any pieces on my chest I've had top surgery so I have scarring and 
it's I feel more comfortable if it is another queer person, yeah. another trans person, because they're not gonna ask questions. Ask questions they're just yeah. gonna be like, that's what it is. Let's mm-hmm. do it, kind of thing. And they also will have more knowledge, you know, tattooing over scars mm. and sort of gender affirming pieces, things like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it it is really important for me um, because I just yeah I want people to feel that they can come to me. Um, I have a lot of queer. Most of my clients are queer. Yeah. So, and we just you know we I get on with most of them like mm-hmm. at a base level we have something in common. Yeah. So it's usually even if we don't talk much it feels like a safe space mm. um mm-hmm. which i think is really important yeah there's that that set common ground there and as yeah. you said like maybe some people they're a bit shyer for me Absol- to get yeah. a tattoo but they know that you know they've chosen you because they feel safe definitely yeah yeah for so. sure and it's again it's the word of mouth like you know if, if i've had a lot of people come to me and say yeah my friend my partner yeah. got tattooed by you and they said it was a nice time, like yeah. not, not to blow my own horn, but you know, yeah. it's like, and then they, they say that to me, and I'm, it's it feels amazing. Like, yeah. I'm glad that I've made someone feel comfortable mm. and they've told other people about it. Mm-hmm. That's it's great, it's the best, yeah. Um, so like, how do you make um, the like tattoo art- artistry more like inclusive or like a bit more progressive? Um, like what what kind of like actionable things do you put in place to make sure that? Yeah, I mean, because obviously you can't you can't nail it, can you? No, but... no. Um, I mean, are you talking about me specifically? Or I sort guess of in you, general? yeah, you specifically, or just yeah, people that you're around. Like, what sort of things are people doing to make it more? Yeah, inclusive? um, I think just like the main thing for me was coming into a space that was predominantly like cisgender Mm. um the people i work with like i'm the only trans person so for me it was very much just like calling them out on things i might say like it was never anything hurtful it was just maybe dated language or you know the way that they would talk about certain tattoos like her big thing is maybe sort of describing a tattoo as like girly or yeah or manly like i you know i mean gender is construct we all know that Mm -hmm. but you know it just it's just the gendered language you might think it's something really small but it can mean a big deal to people yeah. and it's just a really small change um and yeah that's and I, a hard thing to like wrap your head around sometimes as well isn't it but like yeah. once you get it yeah well, you you get it and absolutely. you know nothing is perfect but as long as you're trying definitely definitely and like i'm very much if i have someone coming in who uses like they them pronouns i'm mm. very much like this person uses they them pronouns please do not come over and yeah. gender this person correctly because like you know nine times out of ten you're not going to say anything because you feel awkward you're you know if, if a couple people misgender you you're not going to speak up and say yeah, actually that's wrong should, it's but like, you'll go home and be like oh that didn't feel good exactly so if i can be the one that's like actually yeah this is yeah yeah and so. in a way it's kind of it's kind of your responsibility oh, like you've got absolutely. a platform yes. to be able to do that and in a way, like, they are paying you to make them feel safe, oh, like, they're paying absolutely. for all of that mm-hmm. service, so... Yeah, like, no. I'm not saying it's a horrible way to say it, a service. I know, I like, call it that sometimes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's the way that you run your run your business oh, and the absolutely. way that you treat your customers, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to go and get a haircut and someone's going to say your hair is awful <laughs> and, like, misgender you and, you know... <laughs> and then you like, go home, yeah. like... Crying. I mean, yeah, I usually do cry after the hairdresser, but, you know... You do, 
yeah, because they give you bad haircuts and you look pretty bad when it's like I first cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to let it grow out a bit and always yeah. take a hat. That's what I do. Oh, you're, you're going to the wrong hairdressers. No, actually, to be fair, I shouldn't say bad things because my my current hairdresser <laughs> is because <laughs> my current barber who's so lovely. Um, he's always talking about like his holidays in Spain. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I um, yeah, like it is. I mean, it's duty of care, isn't it? Really, mm. like it's just just be a decent person and just make someone feel safe. And you know, yeah. asking for pronouns is just such a simple thing. Or even just actively saying, this is my name, these are my pronouns, invites that. Yeah. For them to then yeah. be like, hey, these are my pronouns. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's one of the biggest challenges you face along the way with regards to your identity? I know you spoke a little bit about it, but mm. like, I guess if you could, you could say like a big challenge that you've navigated or are still dealing with in regards to my identity or more just i think i think yeah with your identity and your Mm. career because as you said it's a very like cis male yeah yeah dominated industry yeah it can be difficult like sort of feeling like you don't fit in like i you know you're being sort of read as one of the lads Mm. but not agreeing with the things that are being said or not being able to relate and maybe just feeling a bit like a sort of you're in the corner a bit like yeah. you're not included um but I mean in general I've, I've not struggled too badly I mean the times that I struggle are more general sort of mental health mm. and that sort of impacting my work um you know if things are a bit slow or whatever but in terms of identity like I don't know because I've been out for a while and I've just I've always had so much support that I it doesn't really factor in. I'm I'm really lucky. Like I mean I am, you know, white cis passing mm. like man. So I'm very lucky that it doesn't really affect me too much. Um, I know I you know that's me speaking about myself. I can't speak for yeah. other people, but um, I think yeah, it's just it's it's sort of sometimes feeling excluded <laughs> from the conversation a bit but yeah generally I'm a bit of a love now so I get myself yeah. involved <laughs> <laughs> love that um so what advice would you give to someone else maybe facing similar struggles or like if they're looking to pursue a similar career like what would you tell them I would just say like I mean don't give up I know that's really simple but like if you want to do it you'll get there mm. and I think just pushing forward with it like don't overdo it you don't need to like you know blood sweat and tears I think like you hear people with apprenticeships and they tell you that you've kind of got to you know live and breathe with tattooing which it's a good thing but you know look after yourself as well like mm. don't put too much pressure on yourself um if you in, if you're enjoying what you're drawing you'll get there um and someone else will enjoy it too yeah um and also just i mean unfortunately learn how to use social media just post everything <laughs> like as bad as as annoying as it is just even if you're not that happy with it just keep posting things yeah. because it's it seems to be the only way that you get your work out there at the moment yeah. is just to post no matter what it is even if you're not that happy with it just yeah. someone will like it i mean sometimes people pick my work from 
I've drawn years ago and I just I don't want to tattoo it anymore <laughs> and I have to tattoo it and I'm like oh my work is so much better now but hey ho people have <laughs> their own yeah um what do you think could make the dif- biggest difference for queer or transgender people in this industry like either uh, if they're an artist or if they're in, just an enthusiast and I'm hoping I tattoos. think generally like the term safe space is such a buzzword it's never actually enforced that's not the right word but it's never really actually sort of shown I think people are like hey it's a safe space but it's mm. like we only employ young pretty white girls yeah. and like buff white guys like you know actually make the effort to look into and giving you know people that maybe don't have you know they don't have the money they don't have the background like giving them a chance and giving them a voice to speak up because you know like everything it's you want influence from everywhere not just from mm. a select group of people yeah. like you know looking at the minorities and seeing you know what can they offer because it's often like something that hasn't been seen before um what do you mean by that like the sort of the the way that i think because there's so much of the same stuff in tattooing you have so much american traditional general trad that you know we need to start inviting different styles with mm-hmm. different influences like i often see like all these different ways of drawing and tattooing that are coming from outside like the uk Mm. and america and it's like bring more of this in because it's interesting like we need more of that like you don't just want the same stuff over and over um yeah just just actively look into hiring and um you know mentoring people that might not always have been given the chance to do so I think a lot of, I mean, it, it's been known that a lot of sort of the, the traditional studios will hire, you know, their mates. They're often just yeah. the same as them. They're just yeah. carbon copies of each other, right? Like, it's better if you you want different people around you yeah. to influence both your own work. And yeah, I, I think it's really important to do that. Like, yeah. I, I always try and seek to follow and to interact with artists that are like, you know, from all over the world, from all different cultures, because it it's better for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like I get, is. I get yeah. more inspiration, and yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, so what are you, what are you most proud of in your career to date? I mean, generally proud of building something from the ground up. Yeah, I think like with you know, just yeah just building something from nothing I'm very proud of that um it doesn't really sink in that I've done it Mm. I think like I look at my you know my Instagram and my followers and the engagement and I'm like it's kind of weird like there's just like all these people are looking at me and have my art on their body like that is a that is crazy um and yeah I mean that is probably the single mo- yeah yeah it's hard to I bet say. you could have you wish you could just go back to like younger you and be like look what you've I done know. yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's it's crazy like I I didn't think I'd I mean I didn't think I'd be doing this like I'm not I, I meet a lot of artists and they say like I wanted to be a tattoo since I was a baby and it makes me feel kind of bad because I was like I wanted to be a vet but yeah here we are um <laughs> I, I didn't like science so there we go um but yeah like just yeah building something from nothing and keeping it going is what I'm really proud of. Mm. Like just being able to do it with sort of no real outside help. I mean, 
you know, like I said, I've had like quite privileged upbringing being from Cambridge. So there is that as mm-hmm. a factor, but generally doing it on my own, I think. But you've also had to like navigate all the weird nuances of oh, being yeah. who you are in this industry. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think just kind of, yeah, getting through some tough, tough times as well, like dropping out of uni. Yeah. Uh, like I lost, like, uh, I went through like a really bad breakup. I lost yeah. a lot of friends. I lost a studio that I was working at. Like there was a whole period of my life, mm. like just as I got started, that was Kept horrendous. Down, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just the fact that I would just keep at it. Um, yeah, I'm really proud Aww. of myself for that. <laughs> Get tearful. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so just to look into the future, where do you see the future of tattoo artistry going? Um, and if there's anything that you still think needs to change, obviously you've spoken about it a little bit. I think like, it's only going to get better. I think, I, I mean, that is the optimist in me. Like, yeah. I, I mean, everyone and their dog wants to be an artist, like mm-hmm. tattooist now, um, which is, I, it's not a bad thing. I think a lot of people say it's too saturated, but I mean, there's more people in the world. Like you just <laughs> like the ratio of, you know, it, mm. you can't stop people. I don't think anyone should ever be, you know, put down or stopped or discouraged from mm. taking up tattooing. Like if you've got something to offer, offer it. Like mm-hmm. I, I just see it getting bigger, more diverse. I think like yeah. just generally as those old kind of, mindsets kind of die out a bit as morbid as that is like it's going to make way for a new new phase of people i mean it's already kind of coming in with so many queer people bringing this new style and new energy to tattooing i think it's just going to keep going that way i'm, I'm excited about it mm. yeah love that um but for yourself like do you have any exciting things coming up yeah um so i'm guesting at a studio in Sheffield um there's an artist there that I've known for a little while and that'll be really exciting I love Sheffield a lot <laughs> um I'm really excited to go there and then probably a few more guests uh like guest spots and we've got some guests coming to our studio uh which is always a really fun time like mm-hmm. just getting to talk to them um and getting tattooed probably because I can't help myself um mm-hmm. and I mean the ultimate goal at the end is having my own studio yeah. really like that that is that is the excitement and you know I just need a little bit more time to just kind of build my confidence and then, yeah, open my own place, hire some cool people. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Um, but you're always, you're so active on your social media. Yeah, you, so. <laughs> you kind of have to be, but yeah. I, I do enjoy it. I try to, I try to keep it fun. I know a lot of people get bugged down by it and mm. really drained, but I really try to kind of, like I said, take on things I enjoy so yeah. at least I'm have you tried TikTok? I ne- yeah I've actually j- I've just made one you need um, to yeah get I've on just that. made one um I'm gonna be I'm gonna try and post semi-regularly on there yeah. I've heard people get a lot of followers from there I know yeah. people's uh attention spans is like negative one yeah, second um, <laughs> yeah so 20 second vids just getting out there yeah. um I think I mean because people are using TikTok as like a search engine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just typing and they, like the algorithm like brings you what cute, you want. Queer <laughs> tattoos. That's pretty much my search every day. <laughs> yeah, no, that is true. It's yeah. I mean, going back to like the other questions of like, uh, 
what you sort of wish you'd been told is like get a good like phone to take pictures yeah. and videos and like don't shake like don't shaky hands so many of my videos don't shaky hands <laughs> it was just like now i have to be like a videographer and like an editor like there's yeah. so much to it like yeah. i mean i kind of want to pay someone to do it for me but do you have like a ring light and stuff yeah at work i've got yeah. a ring light. i need one for the phone like, mm. on. but yeah there's a lot that goes into it and i mean people are out here doing so much like Too some people much. yeah like their own graphics and their own like transition stuff mm. oh my god i'm just like i just i just still images yeah like, i'm still doing still images on instagram because yeah. i just oh yeah it's a lot but well it's working clearly still well yeah 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 and the big thing about um social media is like getting more followers like more engaged followers you have to be consistent yes. you're posting willy-nilly people are going to be like well day to day i don't know what i'm going to get know. yeah I like the way that you are now, so like, yeah, why would yeah. you change it? But Definitely. also make room for new things and like new audience. Definitely, yeah. It's just it's ever changing, and I think just trying to keep up with it. You're you're never going to be perfect. Like mm. I think that's every literally everybody like that has any kind of business. Like you will know it's it's never going to be consistent. Like you just can't be. Yeah. Um. So just being able to sort of take it as it comes is yeah. really important. Being um resistant as well as adaptable is yeah. really important um yeah so um so to round off if you could have anyone come for dinner i was waiting for this question other than me <laughs> <laughs> i would have you for dinner though you're coming around for yeah, dinner that, that tonight is, that is true <laughs> um who would that be and why <laughs> So yeah, I read this question on the <laughs> on my little uh, prep sheet. Yeah. And the first name that came to my head is Greg Davis. What? <laughs> because that is not no, what I, was I, I know, I know, because I've been watching so much Taskmaster, and I love him. I'm in love with that man, and so I just random. I think he's he's so funny. He's really tall. Right? He's so tall. <laughs> I love that, and like I just I really want to meet him, and I just think he's so interesting. Like he. I don't He's know nice. anything about Greg David. I mean, I don't think I do either. That's why I'm inviting him to dinner mm. to get to know him. He's met so many people. He's so smart. Like, I feel like he just has so many good stories. I love him. I think he's so fun. And I want him to scoop me up like a baby. What? I would absolutely. Right, I'm editing now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to keep that. No, so <laughs> okay, well, that was that was a good end to it. I feel like we've covered a lot of, like, yeah, light, on. heavy topics. But nice to round off on Greg Davis. Carry my Shout out if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I imagine. Oh, I'd love to take to it. How would I get to it on either step ladder? Climb up. Oh, God. Okay. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me and being so honest. Um, it's so nice to learn about you as well. Um, I will put all of your like social details in the description. Cool. And yeah, thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's lovely to speak to you.